0: Hello Fitties, how are we doing? Fair Food Radio episode number seventy three with myself, Matty Boy Whitmore, and of course Keris. Thank you. Thank you. Well,
1: I don't know what to say. What
0: are you thanking me for? <laughs> A simple hello. Hello. <laughs>
1: hello everyone.
0: Hello. Would, have been, would have been Hello fine.
1: everyone.
0: It throws you every time.
1: I know, I know. Just... It's because we have been sat here for about an hour. <laughs> I'm working and then suddenly we record and it oh, you, you it's a bit, not that natural. You
0: feel a bit brain dead, do you?
1: It's just not that natural going, hello. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so guys, this week is a bit of a, a surprise episode for me. Um, and the reason being is because Keris went on yet another course, geeking out at the weekend. And um, she decided that she's going to keep today's topic a secret and we're just going to discuss it. Um, which I'm quite uh, I'm quite excited about. Um, so as I said to her, you that
1: you didn't have to spend half of your Sunday listening to me ramble on about eight hours of lectures the day before.
0: <laughs> what well, I'd already that I'd already listened to.
1: No, no, as in normally I come back from an event and I spend the whole yeah. of the next day telling you about it. And yesterday I said I'm not gonna tell you about it, we're gonna do it on a podcast. Yes, and it's you a were like, really- Phew, <laughs> I don't have to listen to. It's like those,
0: you know, when you're, you know, when you're at like a a social occasion or something, and you've just finished telling a story about something that someone's just asked you about, and then someone else comes in at the conversation just right at the very end. Oh yeah, you you have to tell the exact same story again.
1: Yeah. Yeah, So it's,
0: it's like that here with the podcast. You you tell me. Straight after, and then we talk about it on the podcast. I'm like, okay, yeah, Yeah, but I'm just getting. I've heard all this. I'm getting
1: you back for the amount of times I have to listen to the same stories that you tell over and over again. They're good
0: stories, (laughs) (laughs) you know. They need to be told more than once, (laughs) multiple times. In fact, um so yeah, it's a bit of a surprise, and and Keris has bigged it up. So as I said before, this better be good, Keris. (laughs) You know, well I really enjoyed it. You left us it. on a cliffhanger cliff in the last uh, last episode so everyone's going to be like, oh what's it about?
1: Yeah so it was a whole day. Well, Su- I went to...
0: Super important you said.
1: Yeah it was a whole day of uh, nutrition um, seminars with complementary and alternative medicines called CAM Summit and some of them were, um, a couple of them were really good, a couple of them you know it's kind of things that you, you've heard before, some of them are very niche and specialists on certain things that I don't deal a lot in certain um, health conditions so but there was the first one they kicked off with was, um, I'll give her name actually, she was a fantastic speaker, her name was Nikki, gr- I think it's Gratix or Gratix, how would you say that? G-R-A-T-R-I-X. Yeah, gr-
0: Gratix, yeah. I'd say, yeah.
1: But she was brilliant actually, a really good speaker and I was with the awesome MMI Hill who Yay. had a day off from uh, breastfeeding Frankie to come <laughs> with me and um, what was great is we got to kind of dissect all of the sessions that we did about how useful we found it and this one in particular we found really powerful um and I mentioned on the last podcast it was about aces um and I said I'm going to speak out aces it's something that I think is for us listening to it it's not anything kind of revolutionary they're kind of putting pieces together about how events in life affect your health um which I found really kind of profound and instantly started to go back through my own life and and thought of you and, and Emma and I started discussing, you know, like health histories of people that we knew. And we're like, oh, no wonder, you know, no wonder this is why yeah. they're kind of challenged with their health. We've been talking about, we've been running some free events this year where we just rock up to places and talk, don't we? it's um, a bit more
0: organised than that.
1: Yeah. You? <laughs>
0: just, <laughs> <laughs> just rock um, up. <laughs> right, everyone. <laughs> but
1: um, one of the things I've started talking about more and more is functional medicine, but explaining it to people, because you see all this on the internet, but few people understand... What functional medicine is, and I think we've done a podcast on it, haven't we? I can't yeah. Remember what number it is? We, we
0: really should be more aware of the podcast that we've yeah. done. <laughs> should have a catalogue. We've a catalog we of have some... No, like we have. That. We did one where yeah. I did the session no, with did. you we and explained yeah.
1: how functional medicine works. What uh, the kind of uh, procedure of it is in terms of the consultation process, looking at a patient's timeline. So, how do does your um what could have influenced kind of like your your health today? So we go, we look at genes, we look at any kind of medications you've had if you've travelled a lot what was your mother's health like what were your grandparents Mm -hmm. health like and this is where this all came into play so um, basically the whole presentation I saw was on what we call she's called it ACEs um, and these are basically um, the exact definition is adverse childhood events I've got the slides here because I'm going to pull out some really cool studies on them but adverse childhood events so that's things that happen to you before the age of 18 basically how they how they might have affected your health today. And when I started to talk to you about it, you were kind of, you were like, well, of course, you know, like it's, it's pretty obvious that if you had something quite stressful happen as a kid, you know, you might might have affected you psychologically. Like I think most of us would make that association. Would you agree? Mm-hmm. But actually it affects you um, from a, 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 basically it affects your biology. So your body starts to completely change itself and genes actually start to express in a different way because you've kind of your environment has fed back what your body's going to need to survive so uh, and this carries on well into later life but it also increases your risk of a lot of chronic diseases so again i know you're thinking still not that amazing i don't know are you are you you interested or are you like well
0: no no like you say it's one of those things that you know kind of makes sense sense yeah but it'd be good to understand it a little bit more
1: yeah first of all i'll go through what an ace is and this was done on uh, there's been some huge studies about this looking at things that happen to um individuals as a child so before the age of 18 and then health outcomes later in life yeah right. you know, thousands of people on, in on these studies um so i think the biggest one was 17,500 adults it's the kaiser permanente study in 1998 uh, basically what they did was they categorized aces they picked 10 key aces And these were parents separating or divorcing, physical, sexual, or emotional abuse, uh, physical and emotional neglect, domestic violence, mental illness in the family, substance abuse, or incarceration by a related family member. Okay. And what they looked at was the health outcomes of whether or not you had four of these happen to you or more. Um, So some of them, like physical, sexual, and emotional abuse, they're they're counted as uh, individual ones. So if you had four or more of these happened to you, you had two and a half times greater risk of hepatitis. Not something you'd expect, is it? Well, no. Wouldn't have been your first first kind of... Whereas you've also got 4.5 times higher risk of depression. That I probably would expect. Yeah. Um, Two and a half times greater risk of having cancer. Wow. One and a half times higher risk of having diabetes. 2.6 times uh, greater risk of having a stroke. And get this, 12 times uh, um, higher risk of committing suicide. Blimey. again I would not not that you want to make that association but that you know some of those things are pretty traumatic to happen to you so mm-hmm. you know on, some of them are kind of understandable but others are like hepatitis you know that wasn't one I would immediately think of
0: but what? what's the benefit of knowing that
1: wait and see
0: am I jumping the gun <laughs> yeah
1: just, I've got loads more yet Skip to, go. to the ending. <laughs> <laughs> why are you telling me this <laughs> if you had eight aces you tripled your risk of lung cancer <laughs> then there's a key link between autoimmune diseases so that's where the immune system attacks the body yeah uh, we've talked about this before because you can have uh, th1 dominant um autoimmune diseases or th2 dominant immune diseases um and the best way that i kind of separate them is it's a bit like me and you uh-huh. because you definitely have kind of th2 dominant where they're kind of more of the asthma eczema um, allergies um they're quite snotty people so i always think that's that's you your mom you've always got kind of like skin problems if you were to have a flare-up of anything it's skin problems it's colds. it's sinus problems yeah Um, and then you've got th1 dominant um immune systems that's probably more like mine where this is kind of more like viral infections and um in terms of autoimmunity it's things like Hashimoto's, which is um, hypothyroidism, or when the, when the immune system attacks the thyroid gland, uh, Crohn's, celiacs, rheumatoid arthritis, multiple sclerosis, type 1 diabetes. And they kind of run a bit in my family. Um, so I think I'm more TH1 dominant. So that's why we're naturally attracted to one another as well, because we have very different immune systems. So then we create superhumans together.
0: Interesting.
1: So, anyway, if you have, um, so this was if you had two ACEs, so just two of those things happen to you you um th1 dominant conditions 70 70 increased risk with two aces or th2 dominant um immune issues 80 percent increased risk and so i should go through the th2 dominant ones because that's lupus dermatitis eczema sinusitis inflammatory bowel disease asthma allergies colitis and chemical sensitivities two aces it's not a lot is it
0: how do you, you see how, how it's
1: affecting your immune system
0: how do you know if you're th1 or th2
1: You can actually have a blood test done. Um, I think you have a... There's a blood test. I'd have to... Do you know I'd have to look it up again. I remember reading there was a blood test. I think it was measuring inflammatory cytokines and it would tell you. I often go off symptoms. So generally you will see... um, Like I've never had um, touch wood. These things can always change. Again, environments and, um, you know, kind of um, stress even can trigger this and change in gut health, obviously where the immune system is predominantly based. But... Um, I've never had things like eczema, asthma, sinusitis. I'm not really a hay fever person. Yeah. Uh, whereas you are. So, yeah. But again, I'm, su- I'm sure we're going to, the immune system is still, I don't think we know, it, you know, anywhere near enough about it at this point in time. So I'm sure we're going to understand a little bit more. But it's like a seesaw, apparently. Right. And you can be TH1 dominant, TH2 dominant. Um, just moving on to uh, Alzheimer's. If you have four ACEs, uh, 4.2. Uh, to 4.22 increased risk of having um, Alzheimer's. Wow. So this goes on, and, the, and like, you know, obviously I could kind of list a few more things, but you're already kind of like slipping down in your seat going, Jesus Christ. <laughs> like, because with all these things, and if you're like me, when I go to some of these events and it's all kind of like doom and gloom, the one thing I want to know is what can we do? Like, yeah. what's within our power? Um, but there's still more to tell you yet. So the, the the really interesting point is you're again you're probably thinking, well, this could be loads of things. Um, but generally we'd all be thinking, well, you're gonna if, if these traumatic things happen to you as a kid, just gonna affect your state of mind. Yeah. Um and maybe the choices that you make with regards to eating and exercise and yeah. things. So that's kind of a logical um, path that it might take but what's actually been noted is um so first i'm just going to backtrack there were loads of aces they didn't include in the study so they actually think they've underreported the effect of aces so they didn't include bullying racism homophobia uh, hospital hospitalization witnessing violence death of a caregiver a traumatic uh financial crisis homelessness or a natural disaster so they ha- they don't even really know what the full effect of ACEs what, why are. didn't
0: they include those do you know just
1: forgot i think
0: <laughs> I don't
1: know, I actually don't know why they didn't. It's kind of like I don't know. I'd have to go and have a look at as to why they kind of selected that tense yeah. uh, but another thing that they said is um that trauma is very subjective, so what is a trauma to one person um isn't necessarily to another, so again, that's going to kind of influence the well we often talk about
0: this don't we like what what kind of like one person perceives as stress or whatever you know is very different
1: um but another thing is that now you know we talk about snips quite a lot on a um on the podcast, so SNPs are uh, basically kind of genetic mutations that take place, mm-hmm. usually in response to kind of um, an environmental stimulus, or you know, like you inherit the the genes, but then the environment is kind of pulling the trigger yeah. to make that gene change because of because of what the the environment is fed back. And what they've noticed is that you can have um, something called there's a highly sensitive type that they identified in these studies, mm-hmm. um, and these are people that have a, a genetic mutation with um, a gene called five. It was five hang on h t t l p r and that is involved in serotonin transportation right and if you have one of the gene mutations, it kind of means that you don't have an, very much bounce back so mm-hmm. if you had that gene mutation and then you were exposed to an ace you um or even the aCE could make that gene express right then you would become this kind of very highly sensitive type when it came to stress you know you' you wouldn't deal with stress very well. Um, we know people like this and when I was listening to the talk I was straight away kind of identifying people that yeah, I know yeah. um, who just can't deal with you know kind of big events that me and you were like it's really not that big a deal Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but they can't deal with it but then there's another gene that they identified was the NR3C1 and this is involved in basically um, kind of determining how many um, cortisol receptors you have in the body which would be responsible for kind of locking down cortisol that's mm-hmm. your stress hormone um and basically it kind of down regulated the amount of cortisol receptors you had which meant that cortisol was allowed to kind of run riot around the body um, so if stress hit you were really prone to huge amounts of cortisol and, and again kind of making really like having a major stress response even you know if it's not even something that's huge yeah. in other people's minds so um that's just again that's how kind of the great phrase that they used in this talk, when Nikki used in this talk, was how um, biography determines biology. And, and this is kind of just one of those ways. Um, it's a good saying, that, isn't it? It is, isn't it? I thought, I thought it was really good. But then she details some studies, and these are what I thought were really incredible. So, I mean, they weren't, they're not nice studies to hear about, because basically they're animal studies, which I've always never liked listening to what they do to animals. But yeah. Um, these are kind of in, in human nutrition and, and biology. Um, but what they did was they got some mice and they traumatised... Um, the, the, the mice had babies. Pups. They're called pups. Did you know that? Do they? Baby mice are called pups.
0: Well, they're called meese. <laughs> <laughs> Mini meese. <It> meeses. <laughs> yeah, meeses.
1: <laughs> oh. um, no, they're called pups. And they traumatised their mums by dipping them in, like, kind of cold water and putting them in kind of very, like, stressful environments. And they separated them from their pups and they did it very intimately. So the mums never knew when it was going to happen. So the mums were developing this kind of stress response. Um and then the what they were saying was that the offsprings um of the the next the, the the babies, the F1 generation they were called, of these moms that were traumatized developed developed very depressive symptoms um and were kind of very um uh, you know, it kind of affected their whole behaviour. So they kind of wow. showed how it was um basically been translated through those early years Mm -hmm. um, just kind of changing their personality and their habits but um, then what they also noticed so what they said was that the kind of micro RNA of the mice was being altered in that they kind of had um, higher stress response they were a bit more depressed but what they also saw was that this went down into their kids generation so the f2 generation so the baby mice it's all the the mom traumatized the next generation had exactly the same um altered genes as the ones that were so it went down two generations. So I'm
0: assuming they but they I'm assuming they tested the genes of the mice before they started traumatizing their own stuff.
1: So what they do, yeah, their genes expressed themselves. So they kind of noticed that they had these five, I think it was five micro RNAs um in the in, in both generations of the kids. The, those genes express over time with exposure to stress if that makes sense. Right, right. So They uh, And what they noticed was it was changing. They had kind of an upregulated stress response. They had depressive behavior. But here's the incredible thing. They had messed up glucose metabolism. So as a response, and this was the F2 generation. So if your granddad was exposed to high amounts of stress which our grandparents were because of you think about it that's when the world the war, war was yeah. Stuff, yeah so it can affect the glucose metabolism of the grandchildren which is pretty incredible isn't it? it that is amazing but then they did something even more incredible they took the sperm did you know sperm are highly responsive to environment and lots of changes and, and actually they're noticing more than ever and i've always said this when a, a, a client comes to me and she wants to get pregnant and she's often so good with kind of thinking, well, I'm going to carry the baby. So I've yeah. going to change my nutrition. I'm going to be healthy. I'm going to exercise. But no one ever talks about father's health yeah, that much. Yeah. And it's kind yeah. of like he is also Like it's the also woman's sole
0: responsibility yeah, to decide the health of the baby. Yeah,
1: he's passing on his genes. So it's really important that, you know, if dad's like stressed out and blood sugar um, management is terrible, this is going to be passed on. And that's what they noticed. So they took the sperm um of the F one generation, so the, the the traumatized kids, uh just kids, pup mice, um, and they injected well they basically fertilized them um, with healthy mums. And the the those changes that we mentioned, the kind of upregulated the, the, the stress response, the depressive behaviour and glucose metabolism was seen in the babies of the healthy mums. Wow. carried by the father's sperm. Wow. So it's like this, is, this is obviously
0: only in mice at the moment, yeah.
1: Yeah, but then the, our, you you know this is kind of how what they're trying to show is basically epigenetics, so how genes and environment interact. So they're just trying to prove that it's going down paternal lines yeah. as well as maternal lines, and actually kind of asking your granddad how his health was could be really important. But that's
0: like, um, didn't you tell me about uh, was it was it uh, in gnats or something? And um, when the the mum. Was that like exposed to like a stressful environment? The 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 baby would uh have have like a a harder shell or yeah, something. Yeah, it's
1: not. It's, a, it's I think it's in a flea. A flea, oh, God, that was it? Was it ages yeah. Ago. Um.
0: It was like it was that the mum was sending signals to the.
1: Yeah, Chris Cresser talks about it. I think it's either a flea or something, and it has a harder harder shell a harder like helmet because the mum if they stress the mum during uh, pregnancy she's feeding back that it's a stressful environment and therefore the baby needs to be able to survive and protect itself. So it's born with a, this is a physical adaptation basically. I wow. think it's born with a, a harder shell. It's so incredible. And, and like my biggest fear, and I've actually mentioned this in our membership site is how women in pregnancy kind of try to, it's almost, um, I don't know who's driving it really, but it's almost more respected if you kind of carry on as if nothing's happening, yeah. you know, kind of like, Yep, work till a week before you go into labour. Still hit your spin classes, lift weights, and you know, fine if that is kind of something that you want to do. But just be aware that you are feeding back that you know high amounts of adrenaline and cortisol. Yeah, yeah. Like you know, healthy babies are being born to mum that exercise. I don't think that's the problem, but I think someone like myself who is quite prone to stress. I think I've got a few of these kind of genetic snips where I don't. I'm all right most of the time, but when a big stress hits, I can. I don't deal with the added. Yeah, yeah, very well. So I don't think I break down stress hormones too well. Um so someone like me, if I started to run during pregnancy, <laughs> I'm gonna be born with a really hyper alert, kind of hyper stressed, you know, baby. So I think it's kind of really good to look at you as an individual and say, like, what environment do I want to feed back to the next generation? And to me, I'm gonna go, well, I want them to be a bit more able to deal with stress and karma so I'm going to
0: try and do well I don't think it's a coincidence that you know I mean it seems like virtually all of our friends uh, having babies left right and center at the minute yeah and you know like you you can definitely see that the the, the mum's behaviors in the child already oh,
1: yeah. yeah you, can, you know yeah. like
0: some of our friends who are like super you know quite stressful quite scatty people you know, and you, you see it pretty quick in, yeah. in the baby. Yeah. And likewise, you know, with like some of our friends that are just super chilled and laid back through through pregnancy and just kind of like take it in their stride, you know, they're, they're, they've they got really kind of like chilled out kids, haven't they, in, yeah, in comparison? Yeah, yeah, you know. yeah
1: we've seen that. Well, do you know what, another study, because I've just started to kind of go off and read some of these studies in a bit more detail. She, she was kind of firing the information at you. It's a lot to take on. Um But I started to try and look up some of the studies and read them, and there's a one on mice, where they can correlate things like how much a, a mice licks and grooms and kind of nurtures the baby from its birth. Right. Um it has a huge impact on how it um um it's again the kind of what they call the cortisol or they call glucocorticoid receptors and things like that in the body. How the body deals with stress, how many receptor sites it needs for stress hormones are affected by how much you are licked and cuddled when you're born in mice. And the same will be for humans. It will be the baby kind of expects, and we know from gut health that not only, you know, when she, when once you're vaginally born, but then the baby wants to kind of be, you know, close to the mum's body to her bacteria, yeah. her skin bacteria, skin flora, breastfeeding, all of it. Like that's, this is kind of Mother Nature's way. Um and when we've seen programs about tribes, they kind of have the baby strapped to them for, you know,
0: all the time. All
1: the time. They carry on doing their daily job and baby strapped to mum's. So she can feel her warmth. So she can feel her heartbeat and You know, so in animals obviously it's done through grooming and things like that, but it's just fascinating, I think. And there is we are losing some of this and some of it's not in your control. So we have had friends and family, I think even my mum mentioned she was very sick as a baby and was taken straight back to hospital. So that can have had a huge that can have could have had a huge impact on how she deals with stress. Yeah. But you would never make that association. I, I certainly wouldn't. So just to move on, so in the studies that they've done the first obvious link which you know i isn't going to be rocket science or kind of revolutionary that they made was with the aces um occurring so the stats were i'll just read some of them out you had um a person with four or more aces was 12 times more likely to attempt suicide 10 times more likely to inject drugs seven times more likely to be an alcoholic uh four or more aces you were also uh 2.9 Nine three times more likely to be a smoker 3.2 times more likely to engage in binge drinking and 3.3 times more likely to engage in uh, risky sexual behaviour they're kind of obvious things in a way yeah. wouldn't you say well yeah um, just kind of made, I would say they're kind of coping mechanisms and escape Um, and again we're talking a lot now to our members about sometimes if you're kind of bit into not into that sounds wrong but if you have a kind of cycle of binge eating or alcohol addiction it's often you know, it's escaping that you're kind of looking for and dopamine and things that, you're looking for a high. Um, But there's often some deep rooted things that you've got to work through to try and tackle that before you can address the addiction that you're fighting. Um, However, even if, so in all the studies they did, even if you had, um, um, sorry, when they kind of took out all of these factors, so if you had normal cholesterol, normal weight, didn't smoke, didn't drink, weren't diabetic you still had a 360% increased risk of heart disease if you had seven ACEs or more. So no there's way. some other stuff going on behind the scenes that's not so obvious um, when it comes to the ACEs. Cancer was in there as well, with this. lung cancer in particular.
0: So when do we get to the uh, the positive <laughs> part of this podcast? <laughs>
1: right, I've just got a few more incredible things to tell you, which I'm honestly... Epigenetics is just an area that obviously everyone's going to get into it soon. But
0: but there are good bits coming, don't worry. And you're going to tell us about how <laughs> what
1: you there's can all do. these
0: solutions yeah. and amazing things yeah, you can do. Great. Yeah,
1: And the cool thing is, if you've been listening to this podcast, you're already into most of them. So that like, But um, there's some key things that... I'm going to tell you a bit more about some more mice. Again, yeah, not I that. used to
0: have mice. Did
1: you? Mm. You didn't conduct any experiments on no. that?
0: No. No, but the, it's, did you nurture
1: them did you, did you groom them and lick them why didn't you lick them uh, <laughs> but you
0: know as a kid you know you'd get your mice out on a daily basis and you would like sh- stroke them and
1: Aww.
0: play you know like let them like crawl around a little bit so and, they had
1: healthy glucocorticoid receptors
0: well I would have thought so I, was, I, I showed them a lot of love <laughs> yeah. but the funny thing was uh, one day I went to go and clean them out to find one of them dead with oh, its ear bitten off the other one had eaten it they'd it, it, it obviously had a fight and it, it, it bit its ear off and it, it, it killed it
1: ah were they related
0: yeah we were born at the same time yeah oh,
1: but were they related
0: I don't know <laughs> were born at the same time no but they, they were best friends They for months and months and months and months I had them no problems at all and then obviously something kicked off you probably yeah. ate his food or something I
1: was going to say a fight over a bit of cheese wait
0: it was mine you keep doing you keep doing these <laughs> I just went to the ball. I went just went to the ball for a little run around. I come back and you've eaten with dinner. I ain't having it. <laughs> Chomp.
1: A, a bit of a Mike Tyson. Not Mike Tyson. What was his name? Yeah, it bigger. was it was oh, Mike Tyson. Tyson.
0: Yeah, a bit off of a Van der But funny. then what was funny was that because um, <laughs> the the ironic thing was is that when the woman
1: Mike Tyson. <laughs>
0: That was terrible. Should we Sorry. mice Tyson?
1: <laughs>
0: mice, Not... <laughs> mice Tyson. Um,
1: we digress. <laughs> yeah,
0: where were we? <laughs> no, but just quickly, the, the ironic thing was the, the woman who sold us the. Because I was just going to buy a mouse. I wanted a mouse for whatever reason. I was a kid, you know, you want these random things. <laughs> and then the woman said that apparently mice get really lonely and it's best you buy two.
1: Oh, really? like, yeah, yeah. And I was sense.
0: like, okay, well, I'll have two. Well, my mum said, okay, not me, because obviously my mum was paying for them. Um, and then obviously... i wasn't
1: a off. <laughs> and then, and then one,
0: one obviously ended up attacking the other one for whatever reason. But then the, the other one died two weeks afterwards. Really?
1: Yeah. Oh, so this is really interesting because we could do a whole podcast on this. But the other thing that's coming out of all these studies is the effects of social isolation on... It's all... It's being done in animal studies, but on human beings as well. And how it actually changes your immune system... Because generally we're designed to be kind of, you know, existing in tribes Mm -hmm. and, you know, animals in packs and stuff. So your immune system upregulates because it wants to protect you from viruses and stuff. But then when we go it alone, the minute you detect kind of isolation and and loneliness and don't have the the social stimulus, which is obviously a big fundamental part of being Mm -hmm. healthy, um, things like inflammation can actually upregulate just in case, because inflammation actually protects you from injury. That's yeah, one yeah of, the of course. Main roles
0: yeah, of it. I, but that's the thing, isn't it? People, when you when you say the word <laughs> I can't inflammation, it.
1: bit off his brother's ear and then like, like, went, "Oh, I'll absolutely screw myself." He's like, oh, "I'm
0: so lonely." Yeah. <laughs> I think I overreacted. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: Should never have done that.
0: Um, no, because I was. I mean, I was just going to give the kind of like prime example of us really when we took uh, the business online.
1: <laughs> and I bit your ear off. And you, bit,
0: <laughs> you bit me <laughs> ear off. No, like in terms of the social isolation, you know, yeah, like it was
1: a big difference. You know,
0: you, you know, most of your working life, like you've worked in an office job, and then of course you worked as a PT and fit in London, fit of food. Me have kind of always been PT and with people all the time, <coughs> and uh you know, to then make that jump online as great as it is. We, You know, there was a massive change in the level of interaction we'd have on a daily basis with people.
1: You just went out with a dog and spoke to random people that you wouldn't come
0: across on a dog walk. Oh Yeah, the, I, I think I'm, I'm that guy. Uh, yeah, know what I mean. <laughs> that everyone avoids. see that guy with the unusual looking dog. <laughs> keep walking. Just keep walking or run in the opposite direction. I'll oh, picking up poo. Because well, once he starts, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> i'm a sociable guy what can i do it
1: it is difficult and i think because obviously our lives (coughs) everyone's lives have gone more online so right down to kind of dating and stuff isn't done with interaction anymore and it's really um it's changing and it's not actually for the 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 better in in so many ways not from a kind of immune health Mm. perspective and disease prevention perspective but also for me from, from a kind of even just kind of social skills emotional skills and emotional intelligence yeah. it's all been dumbed down a little bit but you know because
0: like, i always find it quite bizarre when i think people have uh, uh, not everybody but some people have an, an online persona
1: that <laughs> does not match that the... is
0: completely different yeah. to their the, to their the, the reality yeah and sometimes it's so far from what you were expecting completely different. you're just like really you know like what are you I don't know it's it's a real bizarre one I mean that just
1: well she did mention that kind of um we're getting something called like she called it emotional dumbness where we're almost kind of not very good at dealing with emotion expressing emotion um but like you said online you can always be a different person so it's easier but in mm-hmm. person you find it really hard um and when it comes to things like the aces it's really hard to actually go back in your head um because there is something called um I didn't mention this earlier but kind of trauma disassociation where you try and box something up and forget that it happened to you. Yeah. Um, and the brain does that. It's actually your brain incredibly doing that to protect you from that. So, um, but but it's still controlling your immune system and mm. it's still controlling your hormones and your neurotransmitters. Yeah. But you can't remember it and you can't think about how it really affects you. So
0: often, you know, it's kind of... See, that's a really good shot actually because how many times, I mean, we've got some some friends of ours who have gone through some Incredibly, like traumatic experiences in their life, but they talk about them like it was nothing. Like it was nothing, and then you know, when you when you know, your immediate reaction is, is my god, how would I deal with that? Yeah, you know, but and but the way they talk about it is just so, just like it's just
1: that's their brain protecting them.
0: You know, it is what it is, kind of thing.
1: But I think and a big takeaway at the end, we are going to talk about strategies to work on the aces. Oh, that's good. the big thing she mentioned (laughs) was kind of. Getting someone to talk about them for a start, is one of the big starting points. Mm. And a lot of people I work with, some are very open and ready to do that and some are no way near that. You know, and it can take years for that to happen. I mean, going back to being a, a personal trainer, actually, we did find a lot of the time, we were we used to say, we're like glorified counsellors, we're not actually doing yeah. this, are we? Because we, people have got a lot on their plate and a lot of things they need to work through. And there's no point trying to teach a deadlift when someone is just, the head is just absolutely wired. Right. Yeah. yeah, so... Um But, back to the mice, this was a cool study. um This was looking at the um again impact of mother um mother's health during pregnancy. so again, on all the podcasts we've done with them and my hill, we've talked about what the mother eats during pregnancy can turn on or off genes that cope for disease um being overweight um I actually discussed this with a client recently and said that if a mother doesn't eat enough during pregnancy. Then the child might be kind of predisposed to weight gain and obesity because the body is kind of well adapted for starvation, so it stores fat very easily. Why wow. um, which wasn't a link that often many people have made. Um, again, we tend to tend to think if women are slim, it's a very healthy thing, you know, even if you' yeah. in pregnancy. But going back to what the, so what they did with the mice is there's these mice, you would have loved to have one of these. they're called agouti the mice, um, and they're kind of uh, they're big, fat and yellow. Uh, so obese, and it's because they've got basically like a a kind of genetic mutation that's taken place. There is a picture. Can you see it? So if you Google agouti mice, wow. uh, but even better, if you Google uh, the guy who did this study, it's very famous. Uh, Randy Jirtle in two thousand and three did this study where he gave the agouti mice uh, B twelve, folic acid, choline, and betaine um, in pregnancy, and they gave birth to very healthy, slim brown mice. They kind of reversed the gene mutation. Isn't that cool? Amazing. And that is because of mother's health during pregnancy. Wow. So in terms of just like looking at what the mum eats and how she behaves in pregnancy, the effect that can have. um, I've pretty much talked about all the mice now. Um, So I'm just going to go, and it has been replicated in in humans, a lot of this stuff, about how the glucocorticoid or the stress hormone receptors are Mm -hmm. um, basically kind of decreased, um, which will put you at higher risk. The other thing they've noticed that changes. This is not going to be anything new if you've listened to this podcast for a long time. Is the balance of the gut microbiome, yeah. so good and bad bacteria. The gut starts to leak, so the gut tight junctions that keep the gut, you know, because the gut's the outside world inside you, and those tight junctions that keep it that way, so that food, chemicals, anything you swallow basically is kept. You know, the body has to kind of decide whether it should go into the bloodstream or not. Um, as soon as we experience stress, and again, they do it in my studies a lot, the gut will start to permeate, so it starts to open up. So we're getting that leaky gut. So that's just another kind of biological change that takes place in response to stress. So you might have kids now kind of being born with a, a leaky gut, um, but then yeah. also not, mean, not being able to fix that gut and then not maybe being breastfed and then, you know, kind of weaned on gluten-based foods. So it could be this ongoing kind of cycle yeah. of, of that, that's not going to be beneficial to health um another thing that they've noticed is is little things like microglia are like these tiny little uh basically brain cells that are in charge of kind of keeping inflammation in check right and again with kind of early traumas they go a little bit berserk um i was trying to think of an example and it it might be like me kind of um whenever i offer to go and help my dad with the weeding i don't really know what's a weed and what's not so i just start to pull up everything and make it try and look a bit tidier and that's kind of what the microglia might do in the brain but it's not necessary. They're, they're kind of responsible for pruning things down with yeah, the,
0: yeah.
1: an allergy she gave and they kind of don't know what's good and bad and start just going crazy so again it's kind of affecting you and that is a, a kind of precursor to leading to alzheimer's and some brain disorders later in life as well so again that's like your biography becoming your biology but the really nice explanation that i liked was biochemistry of emotional stress which um, we're all forgetting kind of how, do you know where it starts? Do you know what detects, what the first organ in the body is that detects something stressful? Don't look at my side. Well, the,
0: the brain, I would have thought.
1: I thought the brain. So. Oh, no.
0: That... Go on. Go oh, on, what you say? No, go
1: on, say what you say.
0: The first organ? Yes. That, oh, right, okay. That detects. No, no,
1: no. Well, you've got a choice. Go on, give me an organ that you think detects stress before anything else.
0: No, I don't know.
1: Go on, us pick any pick any organ.
0: Your heart. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah.
1: So, your heart picks up before the brain and sends um, basically nerves go up to the brain. And that's right. why HRV, heart rate variability, is one of the best measures of emotional stress. So, athletes yeah. use it to see if they're overtrained, you know, and like, but not just overtrained in terms of physical stress, it could be psychological, emotional stress that they're actually under a lot of as well. Mm. So, that's why.
0: See, this is a good point. This is a good point because. <laughs> Why, wow, yeah. Offer a bit of wisdom. Come <laughs> <laughs> on then. Uh, no, I was just going to say how um, what we found, like when we do work with like, like quite stressed individuals who are kind of adamant that they have to train first thing in the morning, um, even though they are quite chronically stressed, etc. Yeah. Um, and even just kind of getting them to, you know, we, we we sometimes get them to do the heart rate variability, don't we? Yeah. Um, some people kind of take it on, some don't. But a real kind of like subtle change, and I've I've I do this myself. If I've had a poor night's sleep, um, in fact, happened just last night I had a terrible night, um, and I woke up, and you naturally just feel a little bit stressed because you've kind of like planned your day, you've set your alarm to get up early and go to the gym, which I did. But what I've started to do on if there's ever a day when I've not kind of like um, slept too well, or maybe my mind's been going 100 mile an hour, I will I will eat as soon as I wake up, and just train a tad. Later, um, just so I'm not so rather than going oh I didn't ever good night's sleep I'm quite stressed I'm going to have an even bigger coffee
1: yeah you and know, actually you're using it training it as a stress re- stress release almost, exactly. or a stress distraction probably yeah, at that time in the morning you yeah. can't deal with the stress
0: so this morning I just had a banana a little bit of a teaspoon of almond butter yeah and a coffee but just my normal. Kind of double espresso.
1: And then you did what? Like sun
0: salutations? (laughs) 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 But then I ended up having a really good workout. And that's kind of like a lesson that I've learned. That Basically, the the more stressed I do feel in the morning, you know, depending on how, you know, if I'm really stressed, then I might just be like, you know, I'm just going to go for a walk. Uh, But if I do genuinely want to go to the gym and I know I'll feel better then, but I'll just make sure I have a little bit of food. Nothing crazy, nothing huge, just a little something. You know, a nice hit of carbs, a little bit of fat.
1: Well, I think the thing, one thing to take away, we are going to move on to, I promise, the kind of resolutions for this. but I'm going
0: to end on a, such a high note, is, it's so
1: untrue. But one of the things to take away is just kind of like stress management and trying to, trying to change how you perceive stress and work on kind of um, like strategies to deal with it. It's something that everyone puts like right down on the list. So it's kind of like, what do I need to eat? Give me macros, give me calorie targets, uh, give me superfoods, give me quick fixes, supplements, give me training methods. And then somewhere right down at the bottom, we all start to think about stress. Whereas actually, as was pointed out by some of the studies on mice, it's affecting how you burn carbohydrates, how how your body stores fat. So if you've got a weight loss goal, you probably need to start looking at stress management. Uh And maybe you are predisposed, but it's not a kind of foregone conclusion that you'll never get results because Mm. of it. But it just means that maybe stress management needs to creep up your list to like number one. (laughs) So, you know, and a lot of people are out there kind of saying... To get your head in the right place first, and then we'll talk about you know nutrition.
0: Well, it's like you know, like we always say, right. don't we? Like you know, stress, you know, is is too much of the stuff. Because don't get me wrong, we need a you know, we need stress in our lives hundred percent. But too much of the stuff leads to terrible decision making. Yeah, and it well, has that's what just were saying. and it just study. has this knock on effect. And you know, like what we try and say to people that you know, if you have got a fat loss goal, great. But what the most people do when they have a fat loss goal. They train like an absolute nutter in the gym and they massively reduce what they're eating. You know, let's assume that they're going on the whole like a fatty diet or they're just drastically trying to reduce calories, both of which will just only elevate your cortisol even more. Yeah, you know, intense training elevates cortisol. Going too long without food and not eating enough will elevate cortisol. You've
1: added stresses to stress. Yeah. Johnson,
0: <laughs> Johnson's stress. Is stress? <laughs> yes, please. And another side of stress. <laughs>
1: <laughs> stress that is it well the cycle the the physical cycle that the body goes into which the reason i think this is powerful stuff is because if you know this and often people say this when i know when i understand my body better when i understand the biology behind it it makes a lot of sense and i'll i'll kind of take action yeah and um, but what the first organ to kind of detect stress was is the heart that sends a message up to the brain and then the brain you've got kind of two areas uh, that it acts on so we've talked before about the HPA axis so that's the hypothalamus pituitary adrenal axis which is kind of your brain talking to your adrenal glands about the release of stress hormones yeah Um. so there's that access that can be easily so easily dysregulated and is is in most people that live in London <laughs> at the moment and um, so there's that cycle that the, the the messages will go down and hormones and neurotransmitters are produced but the other place that it goes down is it goes to the amygdala in the brain which talks to um, sympathetic nervous system, which is then talking to the immune system and about upregulating inflammation or um, actually kind of high um, cortisol itself is actually anti-inflammatory. Yeah. So, uh, but what, some of the things that we do can actually lead to low levels of cortisol, you know, kind of um, people call it burnout and we can produce so much that the brain goes, oh, I need to stop producing so much. And then you kind of haven't even got anything to control inflammation. Um, so that's when inflammation can can rage. This is then kind of creating loads of free radicals, affecting your gut health. So we've got leaky gut. And then this is going to cause more emotional stress, which speaks to the heart. And then you go around the cycle and you get stuck. So you have to kind of deal with the stress um, to be able to break that, that vicious cycle. And what was really interesting was another thing they established with ACEs is something called nocebo. Have you ever heard of that? The nocebo effect. No. So you've heard of placebo effects when they give basically like a fake pill in a study and they go, oh, yeah. Well, amazing. Yeah. Um, it doesn't work on people who've had, I think it was how many ACEs? Let me just check. Uh People who have had, um uh, it's not given a number, but basically if you have quite a few ACEs, you have a nocebo effect where you just never think you'll ever get better ever. So it doesn't matter how many solutions you're offered. You're trapped in this cycle that you will never get better. You will never lose weight. You will never get rid of that rash. Isn't that incredible? And it's called nocebo. And, and because you think like that, often people believe that, you know, you can't get better because, not because you, not because of what you've stated, mm. but because you're stuck in that heart telling the brain, brain telling the immune yeah. system, you know. Well,
0: some people are very much, yeah. I mean, how many people do you meet that are like that? That won't work. Proper, you know, skept- yeah, yeah. sceptical in absolutely every <laughs> element yeah. of their life.
1: But scepticism is good. I've scepticism right, is course. good. But what I'm saying is I've met people like that and kind of questioned. I've kind of gone, oh, I think they're depressed. That's why. Um, <laughs> but, you know, and they probably are. But it's also they're stuck in that, in that cycle.
0: I mean, so when people like, say stuff won't work, you know, without actually trying it. Well, no, that won't work. Yeah. How do you know? Oh, no, I just know.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, we don't. <laughs> Give it a go. So the other thing they looked at was how aces um, are connected to your personality type, Um, which I've never done this before. Have you ever heard of an Enneagram? Was this
0: all these blinking questions you were asking me the other day?
1: (laughs) So I did the Enneagram personality test on you when you were like, oh, this is so boring. Why do I have to keep doing it? It's really long. Um, You can do it by going on to, there was two I found online. One you have to pay for, which is on enneagraminstitute.com. That's the validated one, but there is a free one that I found. Uh, which I just ran on you to see, and actually, it's a really hard one to do because I disagreed with a lot of your answers. But then uh, we kind of had different interpretations from the question. Yeah, that's
0: it. We it wasn't that. It was that we just interpreted the question differently. Didn't we? Yeah,
1: but that means that the questionnaire could be a bit flawed in that sense. But the basic personality types you've got are perfectionist, the giver, the performer, the romantic, the observer, the trooper, the epicure, the boss, the mediator. I thought you'd come out as the boss. You didn't.
0: Well, they come out as it?
1: The giver, which is also called the helper on some of the on the giver. Tests. <laughs> Not something you might want to be known uh, <laughs> as. But what they noticed was again looking at parents, that if parents were kind of uh, workaholics and put a lot of pressure on their kids, they pushed them to be perfectionists and overachievers and over-givers. So they became type one or type two, which is perfectionist givers. Um, which caused them huge amounts of stress in their life, which then affected their health. Right. So that was just another area that they were looking at. I thought that was quite interesting. That's why yeah. I did it on you, and you are a giver. And a your give mum, your mom, to be fair, is a bit of a workaholic, wasn't she?
0: Yeah, she worked very Absolutely. hard.
1: Um, there was loads more stuff about who you hang with. Um, I'm not going to go into that. Um, really, it's kind of we talked about this before, but they do say that they start to talk about electromagnetic fields, which. Um, most people on here are going to be like, right, okay, you've just gone all wah-wah now. But there's a lot of stuff saying that basically you can see electromagnetic fields, in term, but strongly related to health. It's called energy medicine. And in someone that's kind of healthy, it affects the people around them, what their energy is like.
0: Yeah, uh, I'm not going to talk yeah. about it
1: because it's not an area I know much about at this point. Uh, but even from an immune perspective and things like that, like we're better around people. Uh, but uh, also that's why you have people like energy drainers and stuff who will affect everybody around them and kind of, them down a i suppose
0: as well like if you you if you imagine like a, a successful business if you like that's got a team you know have a team of people with very different personalities different traits because together that would work incredibly well yeah you know if you have like a team of people that are all the boss in personality it's, never it's destructive yeah, you know yeah. whereas you've got someone who's a boss someone who's a giver someone who's like
1: Yeah, yeah. you know
0: mediator you know everyone
1: has their own different
0: strengths exactly and it works and they will get on with each other so yeah
1: so moving on to what you can do um so first of all she was talking about the acknowledgement of aces because there might be that disassociation in a lot of people so me as a practitioner there was loads of tips on digging deep but to be honest i kind of started doing that anyway because with a lot of people that come to us they've already got a knowledge base so i'm always a bit like So why isn't it working? Yeah,
0: Um,
1: And, you know, I do kind of look back at, obviously, mother's health and and, and kind of childhood and stuff like that on on a questionnaire. But it can take me three or four sessions before someone actually says something huge that's relevant, like hugely relevant to what I'm trying to achieve. But they are like four sessions in and they go, oh, by the way, um, kind of I've lived in 18 different countries, by the way, as a kid. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's so huge for what I'm trying to do at this point in time with your gut, you know, those sorts of things. Uh, but but equally, I've also had them talk about emotional stuff, um, you know, kind of um, parents having affairs or divorcing and stuff. And it comes out and they're like, I, you know, so that's why I've just never trusted anyone in my life. And then you're kind of like, wow, OK, so that's going to affect you from a, a kind of a, yeah. just a, a health perspective. Um, but the main interventions, first of all, so for, is is she did kind of emphasize getting someone to talk through an ace with someone professionally uh, but from a kind of nutritionist and functional medicine, uh, the t- nutrition and functional medicine is one of the best approaches that you could adopt for this because it kind of looks at you as an individual and takes all of this into account. Uh, but it was things like, first of all, get your blood sugar levels balanced. Um, again, nothing uh, too original there. Eliminating food sensitivities. That's, again, just to kind of help with the immune system. So basically you're going to fix the gut in the background and improve yeah. the balance of the microbiome. Again, we do all of that. You might want to look at uh, modulating neurotransmitters. So they mentioned amino acids. So if someone's like a hyper responder when it comes to stress and can't deal with massive amounts of stress, things like um, a B-complex can be really helpful for helping in terms of, helps a process known as methylation. Uh, But then you can also have some calming calming amino acids, uh, like taurine, for example, or you might want to have something like L-theanine, which is in green tea, which really helps calm the body down, and, and things that help with the production of GABA, um, which would all kind of um, just, just help calm you down in situations of stress. And yeah. if people know this and they know that a huge, hugely stressful thing is coming, like an, an exam, for example, they might want to take those things um, just to support themselves. And then similarly, if you kind of struggle with, you know, maybe like um, addictions and things, it's often due to kind of serotonin deficiency or dopamine deficiency. So they might want to do things like take the precursor amino acids for dopamine, um first thing in the morning to give them a bit more get up and go yeah um, one of which is tyrosine and a bit of b6 you actually see a lot of this in the training world because people are like take it before you work out and then you'll be able to um break records
0: but would would you
1: it would have been my first line of I approach i was gonna say no yeah. no these are just useful things that i'm talking through if people are out there and saying you know i, I still think the first thing i would do is go for alternative therapies which we're going to talk about in a second this is from a kind of functional medicine intervention yeah. um other things to look at is supporting the breakdown of, of neurotransmitters so that is things like your cortisol and your adrenaline um if people like stress lingers in people then how can we break help them break it down and that's physiologically so with things like b vitamins as well there's another great example um for that it's called the methylation cycle and Compt, which yeah. we've spoken before you're, you're already looking like what Um, supporting detoxification, looking at nutrient deficiencies, things like magnesium, for example, the calming mineral, make sure magnesium levels are sufficient, especially if someone's kind of history of tons of exercise and tons of stress. Mm -hmm. Chances are they're going to need extra, most things, but definitely magnesium.
0: I mean, because, you know, as, as I asked earlier, you know, like, I think people love to know this kind of stuff and you know and kind of have those that are like aha moments that yeah. might explain certain behaviors yeah. and decision making etc yeah you know but you know like you you know there is that classic of you know kind of like well what's done is done you know you don't want people getting too worked up and worried about what's kind of in the past and
1: yeah but then I've seen I completely agree I, totally and but I've seen some people go oh I'm sick of everyone talking about whether you were um C-sectional or or born vaginally because there's nothing you can do about it. Blah, blah, blah. But there is something you can do about it. And yeah. It just means that you need to look after your gut and eat everyone needs to eat fermented foods, but maybe an awareness of why your immune system kicks off a bit more is it's just helpful for you and you go, yeah. Okay, so maybe my need is a bit greater for this, that and the other than
0: but us think I mean that's what I was gonna yeah. say, because I mean essentially the stuff you're recommending from a nutritional point of view, a supplement point of view, lifestyle point of view, etc., is not that different to kind of what the kind of general fit of food principles are no, that no, we suggest to everyone yeah. on a daily basis you know like every, everyone's gonna benefit from chilling out a little bit more everyone's gonna be benefit from eating nutrient-dense unprocessed foods most of the time yeah and you know everyone's gonna benefit from being in a in a positive environment not surrounded by miserable people who
1: but the problem is you see people cherry pick and what will happen at the end of this podcast is people will go online and look for really good B vitamins
0: mm.
1: <laughs> and they will ignore, I'm about and to go on and talk stuff. about the other stuff no, that but, was interesting.
0: But what I was going to say was that, Sorry. People, you know, I, th- I think it's just in human's DNA to people want a reason, if you like. Yes. People want yeah, something yeah. that they can they can relate it to yeah. rather than just going, oh yeah, I just need to eat better and this, yeah, that and yeah. the other. You know, if someone can actually relate to what you're saying. yeah. You know, and it is like you know if you can look back and, you know this you know x, y, and z traumatic experience happened to you, and then it kind of like you know rings a few bells of a few of the things you've mentioned in yeah, terms yeah. of you know I'd... food choices depression yeah you know, absolutely.
1: Et and you like I think and like I said, the first thing you could do is is kind of work through that ace if it's there um when I went through it, I had one ace, um so I don't actually have a lot of aces. But genetically, when I look at things, I definitely have, I've got a lot of the mutations that mean I don't break down stress hormones very well. I'm prone to kind of serotonin deficiency, which would explain why I've always relied on running (laughs) and kind of like controlled um, food and things that I tried to make myself feel better in other ways. Yeah, yeah. And it's totally backfired. And more than ever, I'm trying to work on how I deal with stress. And part of that for me is not putting so much pressure on myself and not working so hard. And we've just done like a a stint of working long, long hours and and moving house. And already today I can feel my mood coming down and it's kind of my body going, you need a day off. You need to stop thinking for a day about things, whether that's moving house or, you know, whatever. So for me, it really helps me because I'm like, this isn't me being lazy, taking a day off. This is me, my body going, if you don't do this now, you know, nothing good is going to come of this, bad things are going to happen. So, um, but the other, um, let me just go through the list she gave of kind of different modalities that you can explore, because that's the hard bit. When I talk to people about, oh, maybe you should consider counselling, um, people can really get their backs up and go, what, you know, I'm not, I'm not mm. kind of, I'm not nutter, you know, and it's like, well, I've had counselling because I think yeah. it's, it's really helpful. Um, where well, is it? I mean,
0: essentially though, like when you're, even if you're telling your friends, your problems or about a stress or a worry like that in itself is a form of counselling because you're working through it you're discussing it with somebody and I'm not being funny like how often do you just feel better for telling someone
1: yeah absolutely but it has to be someone that can kind of you know have empathy and, understand course, and like, you and talk. Know. that's why i think counseling it's funny you're right because i actually think counseling has become a bigger role because we're when we're online so much we don't talk to our friends as much mm. you know as kids me and my best friend used to get home from school and ring each other as soon as we got home and spend another hour talking about our day yeah and the, and the dramas with, with boys and stuff <laughs> like and we talked about everything and i didn't really talk that much to my mum about it because I had like two or three key friends we just talked all the time yeah. and then as we've kind of uh, everything's gone online I can Skype them but we're all busy and we're in different we're actually all based over the world and it's, yeah. it's harder you know and you've got some have got kids some haven't so that's when you can see a need or a growing need for kind of um, counselling because it's just kind of someone sat there ready for you to talk through um, some of the problems but the the different uh, modalities they discussed was she said awareness heal so we just said like accepting that it happened, looking at your a score doing some journaling so we've talked about that um basically in our membership site people kind of um doing things like um, grateful posts in the morning as well yeah um that can all that can be good um psychotherapy cognitive behavioral therapy, emotional freedom technique i know you you and Rob are a fan of that. Um, <laughs> Neuro linguistic programming—that's NLP—like um, life coaching, yeah. uh, family um, constellation therapy, hypnotherapy, breath work, um, classic homeopathy. I didn't realise homeopathy is generally more geared up to mental, phys- uh, mental psychological health than it is for kind of. Often, again, you might go and see a homeopath over joint problems and stuff, and actually, you know, it could actually be linked back to stress because there's inflammation involved. Yeah. But uh, homeopathy tends to be a One of the best first-line approaches for stress and and psychological Mm. stuff, Uh, but then also there's what they call this energy medicine, which again I I definitely uh, I completely put my hands up to not fully understanding it yet, other than the kind of circadian rhythm bit, which I do. We talk about that at all of our events, um, which is kind of how our, our bodies are governed by light, and they understand when it's daytime. Certain cells, all our cells, are doing certain functions related to. Energy metabolism and, and kind of uh, when we perceive it's night, everything is kind of switches and different hormones are being yeah. released. And we're messing with that with our kind of artificial light at night and um, being in offices during the day. So we're really upsetting our natural circadian rhythm. So working on that, and they mentioned the blue blocking glasses, things like that could be really helpful. Um, clearing up your home environment from EMFs and things as well, which actually is just a physical stress to the body to have Wi Fi penetrating every. Limb all day long, so putting your phone on airplane mode and things like that. Um, we actually asked Tommy about the Wi Fi dots and whether they would be any good on your phone, and he was saying there's just no science yet to back that up. Sadly, we wish it was true, (laughs) like it'd be lovely to stick a dot on your phone and it not kind of create that, that same effect. But turning your Wi-Fi off at night, there's little things you can do. We've talked about those before. Yoga, Tai Chi, Qi Gong. So walking barefoot, being outside, being out in daylight, all really important. Acupuncture. um, And then energy medicine is kind of, um, again, I'd go and see a specialist about that kind of thing. But I do know that barefoot walking and swimming in the sea are forms of energy medicine because we get energy from the sun and Mm -hmm. from the the earth.
0: I mean, walking barefoot's... uh quite hard to do when you're living in London. I've mind. seen
1: two people running barefoot, one Clapham Common, one Greenwich Park. Barefoot, not you're not but, vivo barefoot.
0: I hear you, I hear you. I
1: know, it's, it is difficult. You're I'm you're not sure it would have the same effect on London streets. You'd probably like get glass in your foot
0: and well, that's dog I mean. poo
1: between your feet and between your toes. And
0: but, I mean, there's got to be something to, Fox to be said, poo, though. Because you know, let's be honest, Like there's a lot of things... That we can't change, you know, i.e. So you, know, you know, I guess so stressed
1: being in London for that for that very reason. But
0: I mean, you're, I mean, like, Wi-Fi is all around us all the time. Yeah, you know, even right. if you switch yours off, you're, you know, your neighbours either side and above and below have there's got it. There's
1: 20 in our building about, isn't there? Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. You know,
0: pollution. You know, there's very little you can do about the actual pollution.
1: Can I tell you two things you could do? Because I, like you, panic a little bit about this sort of stuff. Three things, actually, you could do. Living in a city... Uh, you can get houseplants. Mm. Uh, there's a great book called uh, "Grow: How to Grow Fresh Air. Yeah. And we've you can got, have loads of houseplants in your bedroom at night in your lounge. Yeah. You can sauna, and that has been shown to help with the effects of pollution. Yeah. And the third one, what was the third one? And you can walk in woodland, woodland. Um, as many occasions as you can across the week, which kind of again just has that um, energy medicine that earth. Preferably
0: barefoot. <laughs> yeah,
1: probably if you could do it barefoot. Again, the mud, the the woods near us. because the rain we've had in London I like a mud baths, so that would be interesting. I'd probably get worms. <laughs> so, anyway, So that's it. So I just thought it was a really cool. It's it's an area I'm going to explore. Oh, the, 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 the the big point she made was there is something called neuroplasticity, where because our bodies are always adapting to the stresses, a bit like the. The, the kind of the big fat the mice that we managed to get yeah but the big fat mice that managed to give give birth to healthy offspring like we can do the same we, it's it's the body will respond so if we can kind of change how we perceive stress what stresses us um, so much of that is about kind of letting go of things as well mm. um, when you know like people wind you up like letting go of it you will change your biochemistry. So then you'll change your immune system and then you'll change everything from balance of hormones and things like that. That's so powerful to know that, I think. Yeah. So as scary as it is, it's also incredibly empowering to know all this information because it gives everyone clues as to where they need to head to get, actually be healthy and, and support longevity.
0: But, you know, the, 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 the message remains the same, doesn't it?
1: <laughs> What's the message, Matthew?
0: Well, just everything you <laughs> yeah. said with regards to, like, nutrition yeah, 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 and whatever, so, you know. Yeah. It's...
1: Oh, yeah, it doesn't. I just think it's, not, it's cool knowing the, the kind of mechanisms in yeah. place. Yeah, I, I mean... So, so one last thing that she mentioned was... One last thing. One last thing was the gut, even. She was saying... We all talk about the gut. I talk about the gut so much in terms of the gut and stress. And the, they call the gut the second brain. But the brain is always directing the gut. You know, the gut's the mechanism for a lot of the stress response. Gut shuts down because we're stressed. Mm-hmm. You know, digestion um, ceases and things like that. And then we get an upregulation of inflammation and things like that. But the brain is directing the gut in that instance. Yeah. So, and the microbiome is suspected to have a kind of little world of their own as well. So the two are working in tandem. But, yeah, it was it was... Really, for me, I loved it, and I'll definitely go and kind of look up these studies and do a little bit more on it for sure. And I've, I've promised our members I'll do some cool bits of work for them as well.
0: We're just always, I mean, honestly, the human body just, just amazing. Well, not even just the human body, just any kind of like animal, creature,
1: yeah, whatever,
0: you know, just it's just phenomenal, isn't it? You yeah. know, like this, I love it, and I mean, you know, in a way, you know, like we're the knowledge that humans know you know through like testing and science and whatnot it's just absolutely mind-blowing but at the same time you know it just makes perfect sense like the stuff you were talking about you know like oh you know you experienced this when you was younger and that might explain x y and z and, yeah and whatnot and you know the fact is that when you're growing up, you know, you you are constantly learning from what's around you, aren't you? Well, you know, so for, it's like
1: great thing for it's it's,
0: a, it's all about like your environment full stop. Yeah. Like your environment as a a um a fetus, yeah. you know, like even then, you know, you don't remember any of it. You know, some of you might I don't know. What was it like? Write in, let us know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, you know, like you're being sent these messages then, aren't you? As yeah, you say, yeah, yeah. from your parents, then boom, you're born. You know, and all all around you, you know, Ooh,
1: what your mum does, does, what your dad does, what your grandparents either, are doing. Your sperm can either be a little brave heart going in or it could be like, <laughs> like hobbling Ooh, in,
0: like seven I'm so eight.
1: knackered, <laughs> like I'm so stressed. Yeah, it's <laughs> horrible out there, <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: prepare yourself.
1: <laughs> Doom and gloom.
0: It's like a really thick skull. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <Or like. laughs> yeah. It's got like metal armour. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it, 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 to me yeah i just think also as parents and grandparents now when i mentioned this actually somebody said um in our membership group oh i've just had grandkids that we be really interesting to know and so you've got this knowledge now to go away and kind of really you know uh, you know just affect your grandchild's mm-hmm. um health of the future by doing all the things that we talk about so feeding them nutritious foods and you know getting looking after their gut and t- talking to or the parents that you know, but then also kind of lavishing them with love and adventures yeah. and stuff. So there's nice stuff to know, I think.
0: Oh, 100%. 100%. So I'm glad we've ended on a positive note. Right. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of doom and gloom yeah, in there. But, you know, we ended on a positive and a high. That's always good. So, guys, thank you very much for listening, as I, I always. Should,
1: I should just add the last final point. Although we're making light of this we understand ACEs are incredibly serious and we have had our own. Um, so we're not kind of saying that, you know, we just, it's a very difficult subject oh, oh, and we don't want people to walk yeah. away feeling oh, yeah. very, very uh, kind of stressed out about it. So.
0: And also as well, I think, you know, people need to understand that, you know, there's just because someone else might feel that, you know, something that you see traumatic is not very traumatic, yeah, yeah. you know, like, you, you know, you should never be be made to feel that way because at the end of the day how you perceive something is is unique to you yeah. and the way your body responds you know you know again is completely unique to you um, so, so don't kind of ever feel I suppose bad or guilty or that you feel you should be able to deal with something in a different way because you know more often than not it's it's in your DNA to yeah. kind of you to, might not to have respond. enough glucocorticoid to deal with it yeah that's, 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 that's <laughs> what serotonin transportation or something so yeah no no brown speck awesome nice one Keris you knowledgeable beauty <laughs> you well, we've got
1: next on the what have we have got next Claire coming on our next podcast
0: Claire Harding
1: Claire Harding talking about being a fitter family which is going to be awesome
0: guys that's a wrap we'll see you in episode number 74
1: thank you for listening
0: thank you see you later bye